Welcome to a special after game yeah. edition of Return of the Empire. My name is Jay Mars. With me is always the 49ers guru, beat writer, Jimmy Garoppolo guru, Brock Purdy proponent, um, Eric Armstead analyst. I don't know. I got to come up with some new ones. Emiliano Fergoso. What's up, dude? What's up? Feels great, baby. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. <laughs> we were playing the highlights of the game last night. Yeah. And so we get our highlights from, I think it's a Fox Sports thing. Anyways, they were they cut poor Tim Ryan off. What? No field great baby on the on the highlights they gave us. That's ridiculous. That's it's, uh, it's, that's not okay. That's not okay. It's the only time I feel like it's appropriate is when sometimes Tim will step all over Greg's call with it, but uh-huh. he's gotten a lot better at that over the years. But shout out Tim Ryan, man. Yeah. You know, we, we all love Papa. Papa's amazing, but Tim, Tim deserves more love. Tim does deserve more love. He comes in a little hot sometimes a little bit. On, on the, on the, on the color commentary, but he's excited. He's excited. Hey, why wouldn't you be excited being a four Niners fan? Yeah. NFC West title. Yes. NFC West champions last night clinching in Seattle, which just makes it a little more sweet. Oh, yeah. A little more sweet, especially because the Seahawks are relevant. You know, up until last night, they were still in the chase for the division title. Yep. You know, going up there, it is not easy. No. I, I've always thought the 12th man in Seattle is the hardest place to play. And you have a quarterback there like, man, I'm like, this is going to be a real test for Brock Purdy. One, you have that environment, Mm -hmm. but also you've had three days between games, man. And that kid could not have handled that any better last night. He was sensational. This kid, I, I, I couldn't stop smiling. After watching this game, just the play calling, the design that Kyle was running up for Brock and then Brock's execution. It wasn't perfect. But he started the game 11 for 11. Yeah. No, he it was perfect for a while. <laughs> for a while there, he was perfect. But, I mean, th- this kid, the moxie, the poise, the confidence to handle the environment of the 12th man in Seattle as a rookie in a crucial Week 15 game, it doesn't get any better than that. No, it really doesn't. And, you know, listening to him in the post game last night, you know, he's crediting Trey Lance. He's crediting Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, speaking of Papa, we were talking to him earlier this morning on the Carmichael Dave show, and I had asked him about, you know, Brock Purdy and how does somebody with so much poise, yeah. with so much moxie, as you said, and just sounds like a veteran guy. Yeah. I'm like, how does he fall that far in the draft? And, you know, Papa brought up just basically the same things we've all talked about because he's short. Yeah. I mean, that's really it, and that's amazing. And he kind of got into the idea of this is what happens sometimes when you're dealing with scouts is they have, like, a generic list of things that quarterbacks have to check off. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if they don't check off something like height or weight, you know, arm, it's, like, automatically just disregard. Yeah. And Brock Purdy's one of those guys that, coming out of college, didn't check the height thing. You know, and that's a big thing in the NFL. And boy, is he proving people wrong. Yeah, this kid is proving people wrong. He plays such a unique style. Right. He plays his own game. And that's unique for a quarterback, especially for a rookie, to play their own game. Like, just the way his movements and mannerisms are. I don't think I've ever seen this before from a Niners quarterback, just the way he goes around. You know, I'm interested. I'm glad you said that. And I keep referring to this Papa interview because, you know, Greg is huge on Jimmy. And we were talking about that play in the fourth quarter last night where the Niners were backed up. Mm -hmm. And it was third down. And he got the ball to Juwan Jennings for that first down. Big. And even Greg said it. He's like, I don't know if Jimmy makes that throw. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think he does. There, there are a lot of plays there that I don't think – like, even on the rollout when they're backed up against mm-hmm. the end zone, the roll, the scramble, and even though it wasn't a catch, it was an incomplete pass after the challenge, whatever. Him not taking a safety there right, is the difference. Right, that's just it. It's the difference. His ability to get away and just throw it away or anything is a huge deal. You know, 
And I look at him and I look at the situation all year. We've got, you know, we had such a short sample size of Trey Lance, but we've obviously had a large trample si- sample size, excuse me, of Jimmy Garoppolo. And we have a short but a really good sample size of Brock Purdy. I don't want to say which quarterbacks are better, but I'm going to ask this. <laughs> of the three, yeah. is he the best for Kyle Shanahan so far based upon what we know? In terms of potential and overall like physical traits, probably Trey Lance. Trey is the Lance, best. but I just mean running the offense, running and doing yeah. what Kyle Shanahan wants done on the football field. I, I would, I would think so. Yeah, because Kyle, as you've seen the last couple of weeks, has used play action and bootlegs a lot more than he has with with, Jim, with Jimmy because just mobility. I mean, Brock can just get out there on, on the right or the mm-hmm. left and be able to throw on the run, which is a thing that Jimmy. Has struggled with over well, and his also career. go through his progressions in the, at the same time. Uh, yeah, be able to process really, really quick and well. I mean, Kyle's sitting there last night talking about the injury, and he's like, "This is some next level stuff, man. Yeah. I haven't seen this before." And for a head coach of Kyle Shanahan's stature to say, "I haven't seen this before from a rookie," takes guts, man. It does, and so obviously now we're watching this this team with this renewed like passion. You know, it's really fun watching the Brock Purdy show. How far can he take them? We know he's got them in the playoffs. Yeah. How far can they go? And one of the big discussions I think people are, are going to have to start having as this progresses. Mm-hmm. If Brock Purdy is still playing at this level, mm-hmm. right at the same level, two touchdowns a game, efficient, sure. what do you do next year? I mean, it's a good problem to have, but it's going to be, man, I'm serious. If he's really good and he leads you in the playoffs, he's good there. You can't not start him. Uh, It's going to be a heck of a competition in this next training camp between Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. Let me tell you, it's going to be some legendary stuff. But you would imagine, again, and we are way far down the line, folks. I want to point this out, but it's a fun conversation to have because, again, we've seen Brock for basically three games. Dude, it's again when you win at that level Mm -hmm. and you execute at that level, it's hard to say like that's not our guy next year. Yeah, after you win a Super Bowl, yeah, hell, if he wins the NFC Championship, (laughs) yeah, it's really hard to argue. And it's just like I feel like Trey Lance. You know, it's an unfortunate situation because we've been we've been now for two seasons like really on like this Trey Lance thing. But it's like man. If Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl in the NFC title game, I don't know if Trey Lance is a 49er for long. It, it, could, it could be an Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick situation. That's, and that's it where really I was going be. with that. It really could be. In the weirdest of ways, because obviously Trey is not Alex, and the dynamic there of losing your job to injury is completely different because Alex was the established starting quarterback. Correct. But, man, Trey Lance may lose that job before ever even getting really to compete for it. And, that's, and it's something you have to think about. It's really sad to, to think about, but it's the reality of the situation, and Kyle is known to ride the hot hand. Mm-hmm. If Brock's the hot hand in training camp, he's going to go with Brock Purdy. Yeah, and you know, and Brock will have you know kind of that incumbent mm-hmm. thing that he has where mm-hmm. you know that matters in those training camp battles. But I don't want to get too far down that road. But it is starting to creep up into the back of my mind, especially coming yeah. off of such an emotional win last night. Oh my gosh! And man, that is a tough place to play. Yeah. And, and, and so, shout out to Brock Purdy. And I, I know we've, we've been gushing over Brock, and we should. But the other guy last night, and I. There were so many different 49ers that got mentioned from the defense to Purdy. But to me, Christian McCaffrey was just lights out last night. They don't win that football game without him. No, and that was the the thing. I just want to bring up one stat. Towards towards the middle of the fourth quarter, they ran 49 offensive plays. 
30 of them involve Christian McCaffrey. That's crazy to give him that kind of workload <laughs> given the injury history. That, but That's the Carolina workload right that there. That was, and you know, that was scary, but it also goes to show that is just how freaking good he is. Yeah. That that guy is good enough to take up essentially half of your plays for an entire game damn near. And I thought he was great in the pass. I thought he was great in the run. And not that we needed any evidence that that trade was going to yeah. pay off, but last night to me was really like, this show, he took that team to another level by acquiring. It was a acquired. big piece. Nick Bosa even mentioned it. This was the final piece kind of to really mm-hmm. say we are going for the Super Bowl, guys. This is serious. And another stat to bring out, Purdy had 26 passing attempts. Guess how many touches McCaffrey had? <sighs> Total touches or in the past? Total game? touches. God, 40? 32. Jeez. <laughs> 32. T- and that's not counting the two targets he didn't catch. I was there had eight targets, six catches. So 34 <laughs> Targets all together, wow. whatever. That's crazy. That's insane. <laughs> but this is the guy. This is who you trade for. It's yes, who you trade four picks for. It's a guy but, like McCaffrey. And you know, to kind of highlight that, this is where he really came in with a guy like Debo being hurt. Yeah, is when Debo was hurt before. It's just like, all right, you know, George Kittle show, which that's worked out in the past. But you needed another guy, and McCaffrey is basically like, you don't ever want to lose Debo, obviously. But boy, it doesn't sting as much. No, it really, really does, and especially with BA and his emergence this year. Kittle yeah. using him. I know Kittle talked about. Welcome it after- back, George Kittle. Yeah. By the way, welcome back, George Kittle. I know he talked about it afterwards because remember what, two, what was it, like two weeks ago, a week ago, Shanahan called out the defensive line. You're not, you're not stepping up. The linebackers are playing better than you. What happened? Nick Bosa had a great game mm-hmm. this week. Calls out George Kittle. We need some yak from you. Guess what? We got some yak, a lot from, of George yak from George Kittle. <laughs> oh, he loves nah, playing Seattle. George, George heard that message loud and clear last oh. night. I mean, that was so nice to see him get back to those, you know, that Pro Bowl George Kittle that we've all known and loved. Yeah. And it, it's it's been really unfortunate because they needed to use him in the run game this year a lot. Mm-hmm. They've really tried to do that. And while he hasn't been the primary option, it's been more of a decoy because sure. Kyle likes to spread the ball around. It's kind of mm-hmm. his whole philosophy. The ability to go to Kittle and just draw plays up for a guy who theoretically is tight end number two right next to, right next to Travis Kelsey, maybe 1B to sure. 1A, sure, whatever. But to be able to have a guy like that kind of just in the holster, like, yep. oh, we're going to use him now. We're gonna, just going to use yeah. him now is such a luxury to have. It is. It is a real luxury combined with, like you said, IU, you know, then third and Jawan. Jawan yeah. Jennings on third down has just been money. That man needs to get paid. He does. That man needs to. That man does so much more. The stats might not say it, but this man does so much more than people think. The 49ers have just an abundance of riches. It's an embarrassment of riches, I should say. They really do. And it's crazy because it's on both sides of the ball. I thought the defense was fantastic again yeah. last night. They, they come at the offense with this viciousness yeah, it's scary. that we haven't seen in years. There was some real chippiness last night, especially between Fred and DK. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw, like, Fred was, like, was like bumping them. They, they, were, they were trying to get under their skin all Well, night. I think he did, and I thought uh, Mooney Ward really, Mooney did too. really got under his skin last well, night. Well, DK, DK checked him. Mm-hmm. DK, che- DK checked Dre Greenlaw, and Dre Greenlaw was like, yeah, you're not doing that. No, you we're not, you're nah. not going to check me now. They, they're ready to scrap. These boys, have been, they, they fight with their own teammates in practice. Yes. They're, they're aggressive. They're like mean. This. They're mean. <laughs> they're mean. And it, comes, and it comes back to Purdy and his scout team working against that first team defense. I mean, he wants to slice and dice them as much as he can in practice. Right. There is a real internal competition there. Another one I want to bring up on the offensive side, just because I know we're going defense to offense, because mm-hmm. the, the championship mindset is everywhere with this team. Right. It really, really is. On that one play of McCaffrey, he breaks loose in the middle. There's one play. He breaks loose in the middle. Can't beat the second guy in the, in the secondary. Gets tackled. He pumps the ground in frustration. There is. He got the first down, though. 
there is a championship mindset that I can take every single run to the house because yes. I am that guy. Yeah. And that is such a serious thing problem for the rest of the division and the yeah. rest of the, 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 the world, honestly. Yeah. So when you have that level of offensive play, and then, like I said, I want to get back to this defense. I, and it, I think it was you that put out the tweet last night about the 2000s Ravens. Yeah. And I thought the same thing you did. I'm like, man, when was the last time? I know it was, it was either 01 or 02 Bucks had a freaking amazing yeah. defense. But that 2000s Ravens defense was nasty. Yeah. And when you start comparing the 2022 Niners to the 2000 Ravens defense and how nasty they are, how vicious they are, how mean they are, we have to keep in mind the context of the game was played so different. 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, you could do so many things as a defender that you can't do now. Yeah. And so the fact that there is a, a team in the NFL in 2022 that defensively is comparable yeah. to that 2000s Ravens team speaks volumes, volumes of this Niners defense. Volumes. And that's not counting. We're going to talk about it. The Nick Bosa rough in the passer, which was... Oh. Well, you saw him after the game. He said, I think it was the right call. I'm like, no, Nick, it Nick, wasn't. Nick just doesn't want to get fined. Nick don't want to get fined. He don't think it's the right call. Dude, it was fired. like, I'm like, is he supposed to lay, like pick him up and, and cradle That's, him and lay him down? Like, it's, it's not like he viciously tackled him and tried to slam him to the ground. No. He was carried to it with his body weight. He made a football play. He made a football <laughs> pl- Can you let football players be football players? I, I'm all for protecting the quarterback because it needs to happen. It absolutely needs to happen. Sure. No one's going to argue that. Everything like that. But if you're a defensive end, why would you want to play defense right now? Why would you want to be a defensive player if you have to subject to these rules of touch football, basically? Yeah. You it can't sucks. hit quarterbacks anymore. You can't hit quarterbacks. That's the whole point. And it's, again, I understand wanting to clean the game up. I understand wanting to eliminate, you know, hits that can really damage somebody, that can injure somebody. I understand it. Mm-hmm. But the that was a clean hit. And you look back at, like, the hit Hufunga put on him last night. Oh, my gosh. It was vicious, but it was clean. Yes. And these are the type of football plays that you see that on one end, and then you see the roughing the passer call. It's just like, how? How does it? How is it Gosh. okay on one end? Can, like, we, go, can we go to that one play where there were three flags on the Niners and none of yes. them were holding on Nick Bosa? None of them. <laughs> when Charles Cross tackled them? They're like, yeah, hands to the face. Yeah. When I get bear hugged by someone, I'm going to put my hands to the face. You have to. You have to give, create separation somehow. I, Charles, I mean, I, I, good for Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas, who were the rookie tackles of Seattle, but Nick Bosa made them crap their pants last night. Dude, good on the Niners' defense that they haven't, the entire defense hasn't been thrown out of a game for arguing calls because at this point they would have a great game. Unless you're Drake Greenlaw. Yeah, no, Dre Greenlaw's the yeah, Dre Greenlaw's definitely the outlier, but man, and you know, I'm really happy for Dre Greenlaw with his emergence this yeah. year. You know, he's shown potential over the last couple of years to be a really good defender, and I think this year it's just a combination of a the chemistry on defense is amazing, and I think that's elevated everybody's game to a degree. But you just see him playing with a with a renewed sense of passion out there. He's like like, ba- like he Batman believes Robin. himself that he is the best guy out there. He plays like Fred Warner does. Yes, it's, it's, it's really strange. It's like I don't know how that happened Fred just kind of duplicated himself and was like hey Dre you want the talent here you go and mm-hmm. here we are he just flies all over the he field he does he's so fun to so watch hard. I mean he's he's pretty solid in pass coverage not as good as Fred obviously but just his ability to cover from one side of the field to the next it's just it's next level stuff I know it is and it's just there's all this good stuff going on and it's fun to talk about but there's always in the other stuff that's in the back of my mind especially with the defensive side like, I think we really have to get used to the idea that D'Amico Rides is going to be a head coach next year. He's going to be the head coach of the Houston Texans, everyone. I'm telling you. I'm, it's not, I, I don't I, want that for him. I want a better I'm opportunity gonna rep- for I'm him. I'm going to just say this right now. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But he'll be the head coach of the Houston Texans next year. I mean, they will, if they're, I mean, here's the thing with the Texans. They can always go Texans on you and do something just like, huh? Sure. Like, There's like, that variable. Like, like Lovey Smith hiring? 
Yes. <laughs> but I mean, there's going to be other jobs out there that I think might be more intriguing than the Texans. I think the Panthers job will be open. Yeah. Um, who else? <sighs> Panthers job will be open. There's another one I'm trying to think of. Yeah, there's another job opening. Why can't I? Oh, Rams, I think the Rams job will be open. I don't think McVeigh's going anywhere. You don't think do you? so? Nah. I really? Think, nah, I, I'm not going to pin this on McVeigh. But McVeigh, McVeigh wants goes, to retire is what I've heard. I mean, if McVeigh, now if McVeigh, McVeigh retires, then okay. That's that's where I'm going with it. Yeah. Okay, if McVeigh retires, sure. Um, the other job I was thinking of is uh, the Arizona job will be open. <laughs> you don't. I don't think he wants to stay in the NFC West. I don't think he wants to come. You don't want to stay in the NFC West, but man, going to Houston, that is such a you-know-what show of an organization. Like, do you really want that? Yeah, but he kind of gets But then again, so are the Cardinals. He gets, so. a, he gets a fresh slate, though. He gets he gets a rookie quarterback. He gets to build something. He gets a couple years. He's played in Houston. And it, we're just going off of jobs that we know are going to be open right now. There's going to be other jobs open at the end of the year. Who knows the Lions? Who knows what the, that, that I, is? You know, I think the Lions, because of especially how they've come on late in the season, if this team finishes, um, you know, a game above 500 or a game back of 500, I think Dan Campbell's safe. I, I agree, but then again, it's the Lions, and they could lose all three. Yeah, no, it is the Lions. Like I said, I, I'm being very... I'm trying to be optimistic yeah. about the Lions. You know, Dan Campbell is, you know, over this throughout this season has gotten the, you know, he's gotten support from ownership. He's gotten support from upper management. But as you know, that stuff can change at the snap of it. It really finger. can. Yeah. But I would Im- I can't imagine that he doesn't get at least another year think, in I Detroit. Think yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I think and so when you look at other job openings around the NFL, it's like, okay, you have Arizona, you have Houston, Carolina. I like Carolina the most. I, I think Carolina uh, would be the best of those. Yeah, I do like Carolina. They have some real talent defensively, especially yeah. Brian Burns and, and Shaq Thompson, who's from the area, Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Shout out Shaq Thompson. It's kind of crazy. We won't be talking about Jets or Giants openings, which is insane because that's usually always a topic of well, conversation. Robert Saul was always a good coach. He just yeah, needed talent around him. He needed talent. Him. And it shows really in their defense this year. That defense has been really good. I mean, Sauce Gardner is arguably going to be the defensive rookie of the got, year. got the game of the weekend with, with, with Jets-Lions. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Yeah. If I would have told you at the beginning of the season in Week 15 that Jets-Lions was going to be the game of the weekend, you would have called me a liar. I would have said you are taking some loony pills right Yes. There. Because no, those two are known for some disastrous moments. But they are. That's why Zach Wilson's starting now. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, when I saw this morning that Zach Wilson was starting, I'm like, oh. Well, you saw, too, the, the line shifted on that game once they announced did, did it? that. What's it at? It's at minus one Detroit, but it was at minus one uh, the Jets prior it's to that announcement. Pick, it's still a pick. It's still a pick. But anyways, I don't want to get too far down the road on D'Amico because that's yeah. going to make me sad. Yeah. Moving forward, though, Niners have three games left in the season. Do you see them winning out? I think it's realistic. It's very realistic. I think next week is their biggest actually to test. I think mm-hmm. the Cardinals are in Cabo right now, so don't worry about that one. I think Cardinals have been in Cabo since week They've two. Been, yeah, the Cardinals have been in Cabo for a while. The Raiders are the Raiders, and the the Washington Seawards, I call them Washington Commanders. Um, they are actually good in in a weird way. They're like I can't call them good, but I'm not gonna call them bad. They're they're like one of the best bad teams. Does that does that work? They're like Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> They somehow win these games. They don't do it in a pretty way. It doesn't no. stick out anything on the stat sheet, but it's like you can't count them out. Well, defensively it does. Yeah. Like that, especially with Chase Young coming back. Yeah. it's They're, they're a real threat with that defensive line. Jonathan Allen, um, Payne, I mean, Montez Sweat. Th- these guys get Oh, no, after they get you. after it on the defensive end. The offensive side is just... Yeah, McLaurin. Not McLaurin. Oh, McLaurin, no. McLaurin's solid, and Heineke is... You know, he has his moments. It's interesting that Heineke is fine... I just love the idea that Carson Wentz is on the bench there. He's a, p- a permanent backup now for the rest of his life. 
I mean, I, I can't say he's a permanent backup just because I think Carson Wentz has such a high opinion of himself. He's not going to allow that. I think he'd rather retire. It doesn't matter what he thinks. matter what the rest of the league thinks. Well, well, no, that's what I'm saying. He has such a high opinion of himself. because I retire? That he, does, he thinks he deserves higher, I think. Oh, I'm sure. with you. He's a backup. Okay, maybe he deserves higher. But where is this going then? Is he going to just step away from football if he's not a starting quarterback? But that's what I'm saying, man. Carson Wentz has had a very high opinion of himself. He's been kind of an issue in locker rooms the last several seasons. Oh, yeah. Because of that, I don't know. Just ask Joe Ursay. Yeah, ask Jim Ursay. I mean, the Colts have had a negative experience with him. The Eagles in his last year, that was awful. I mean, I cannot imagine he's been a happy capper in the commander's locker room losing his job to Tyler Heineke. Who is, though? Taylor Heineke, excuse me. Yeah. It's just, I can't imagine that another team next year is going to roll the dice on him, especially teams that are quarterback hungry. No, not if you're looking for a starting quarterback, you're not looking at Carson Wentz. That's just crazy. say that right there. It's crazy to think that this guy was on the verge of an MVP five years ago and just the the downward descent How that has happened. Sales sometimes. I get it, and I understand that. RG3. Yeah, oh God. Oh, don't wanna think now we're in depressing conversation yeah. again. But either way I agree with you. I think the commanders are, are that is the that is the true test over the next three games. The only thing I can see possible is that going into week eighteen, if the Niners have nothing to play for, you know, whatever seed they have is wrapped. That's kind of what I thought too. Is that they might take it off, and even if they take it off, they still might beat the Cardinals. I, I think the Niners just have taken every game personally. I, I know it's a one and zero mentality every single week for them. Yeah, regardless of who it is, what it is. But as you're talking with D'Amico this week, you know, he was asked about the rivalry game. What does it mean to be in this pivotal spot? He goes, man, I don't see it that way. It's a next game approach for me. It just so happens we're playing them. Yeah, and that is the sign of a championship contender is you're not looking too far ahead. We as hosts and personalities and stuff, we look far ahead because that's what we do. Mm -hmm. But when you go into every game looking at it one game ahead, that's how you win seven straight games because your focus is only on the task at hand. Yeah. Best right. even since 1984 for the Niners. It is, and it's crazy, and it's fun. We're enjoying the ride. It's yeah. going to be a quick one today because we got a lot of stuff going on around here, but we just kind of want to get on and gloat for 20 to 25 <laughs> minutes. Emil, where can people follow you, man? Uh, at Emiliano Fragoso on my Twitter, A-M-I-L-I-A-N-O-F-R-A-G-O-S-O. And it's a long... I you can slow thing. the podcast down to, like, minus three, and you'll get all those letters. Yep. <laughs> You and Frankie, I don't know who has a harder time spelling out their Twitter account. I, I wish I just I wish I could make it short. I wish I could shorten the Twitter. But Elon I, won't let you. No, Elon. <laughs> let's not get into that conversation right there. Right. And then as well as at Sacktown Sports 1140 on that Twitter. Every single week as well on the Instagram, we go live after the game talking about what's going on with the Niners. Great time. A lot of fun. We had a couple people on last night. Good, good nice. Vibes. Yeah, man. People are feeling good. Yeah. So there you go. You can follow Emil. I am Jay Mars. We will catch you guys next week on Return of the Empire. Have a good one.